It's yet another episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. We continue our season in review. On today's episode, we are discussing the coaching staff, what we liked, what we didn't like, and all things in between on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Your Lockdown Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It does mean we'll never, ever have a paywall for you guys to access any of our content. We got a good episode for you guys. On today's episode, we are discussing coaching, the coaching staff, on our season in review for the Arizona Coyotes 2021-2022 season, I full-on coaching uh, a, a full-on coaching review. We're going to break things down from head coach all the way down to assistant coaches and goaltending. But let's start off with the head coach Carl, the first and first year NHL head coach Andre Thorny. Yep, uh, definitely a big one. Um... It is really tough to evaluate a first-year coach, uh, especially because this is really his first year. So often NHL coaches get recycled and go across multiple teams, serve as multiple assistants, but but he is pretty fresh. Uh, and overall, I think he did a really good job. Uh, he was dealt a really tough hand, but he kept the team in it. Uh, I think kind of the best indicator for you know what I wanted to see was the you know, the resolve that the Coyotes had, like the fact that they didn't like give up, even if the, they were like really behind in a game or like we saw at the end of the year, if they were losing on the season, like they kept going till the end. And that's something that you can really admire. I really enjoyed the, like, you know, from, you know, the way he, you know, he took this system and was like, okay, we, we, we understand there's an issue here. Um, and the issue is second periods. The issue is, is not playing full games. The issue is confidence. And he addressed all of those, right? And then, like, you look at how the team was at the beginning of the year, right? And they still had a lot of those issues towards the middle and even end of the year. But it was very obvious that he worked on those on those problems with the team. Yeah. I mean, no one is going to say that the Coyotes weren't having second period collapses right up to the end uh, because they absolutely were. Um, but it's definitely one of those things where you're like, how much is it the system? How much is it the players? Cause he definitely didn't have the best players to start. Yeah. And then like a bunch of injuries happened, uh, and like the coyotes lost some of their best players and that just made it all the worse. Um, and, and that's definitely like one of those things where like, I, I don't feel comfortable evaluating him as a coach just yet. That's going to take a couple more years, but early impressions, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I really enjoyed what I um, what I saw from him so far. And again, for a first year head coach coming from the OHL, right? He came from the Ottawa 67s, um, like, and 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 you said it. You said it right at the beginning. Like 
very rarely do we see a team bring in a new first-time NHL coach. Like that, the fact that they recycle the same old guys every single time, um, or even just promote it internally. It's like, all right, assistant coach, we're going to give it to you instead. Just, just keep going. You know, it's the endless cycle. Um, the fact that they just gave it to you and they gave it to him and he, uh, he started that role and he, you know, I think he did his job as best to his ability as he could for a rebuilding team. Yeah. We saw a lot of players have career years. Um, and I think that was certainly like they had a lot of motivation to do it. Uh, I don't want to give the coaching staff all the credit because the players actually have to go out there on the ice and do it. But I, I think he did a great job at motivating. I think, you know, like just the fact that we talked about, like he trusted Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz to be together because, I mean, honestly, both of them did great work in the offseason to be in good shape to be that. But also, like, what else do you have to lose? And I, I think, like, the decision to play Clayton Keller on the penalty kill was definitely, like, a good, like, vote of confidence in a young player. Um, so, yeah. If he has a history of working with younger players, helping them grow and develop, uh, you know, players are a little bit older now than he was typically dealing with them, but still he is showing that development. And I do think he is like helping improve the younger players who, and that's what you need for a rebuild. I mean, yeah, that's what you need through a rebuild because um, the younger players are going to be the cornerstones of this team, you know, three, four years down the line. And they, I mean, they already are, but they still will be when you know they start to emerge. Yeah, and, and I mean we did get a good chance to see how he like dealt with rookies because uh, just a lot of people made their NHL debut with the Coyotes this past year. Yeah. Um, goaltending doesn't really seem to you know start goaltending goaltenders back to back for games, uh, uh, which uh, is smart. Uh, except for like a few situations towards the end of the year when the it end became more necessary. Um, yeah. Then yeah, it made sense. But like he, yeah, he did it when it made sense, which was which was good, right? Like compare that to you know the uh, the Taka era where it was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like yeah. give Darcy Kemper, give Anti Ronser, give Aiden Hill a break. Yeah, definitely that. Like it, it is, you know, good good signs. But so much of coaching is stuff that we don't see. It's like what what's happening in practice, what's being said on the bench, what's being said in the locker room. Um, and we saw like positive signs. Like the team never really seemed to give up. Like, despite the odds being stacked against them, they would still like go out and like try and get a goal, like try and break a shutout, which is, you know, a, a good indication that he has the room, um, which has got to be a, a really tough job for a losing year. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a really tough job. Um, we do still got more to get to, though, on this episode of Lockdown Caddies. We're going to get to uh, assistant coaches. We also have a goaltending coach to get to, as well as, a, by the end of this all, an assigned letter grade of how we thought the coaching staff did it as a whole for this Coyotes' first year of the rebuild. All that and more are coming up in just a sec, but first, a quick word from Carl. So I have a question for you. Don't you love chewy chocolatey brownies what about caramel brownies with caramel swirled on top they're so good i made some brownies over the weekend posted a picture of them on twitter but 
they took a lot of time and energy to make, and I had to do a lot of dishes. You know what's so much easier? You can get a caramel brownie bar at Built.com. And you better act fast because they're going to go because they're fan favorites. Forget about dessert. These are much better than dessert. They have macros that are unreal. Only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I made brownies. It was a cup of sugar. And then for the frosting, it was a cup of powdered sugar. So that's just so much sugar. You're not going to get that with a Bilt Bar. What I want you to do, go to Bilt.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off. With Bilt, tasty the new healthy. So go to Bilt.com right now and get your box of caramel brownie bars right away. So now it's time to get to assistant coaches on today's episode of Lockdown Case. Once again, thank you for everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your shows. But let's get to uh, assistant coaches, Carl, because we got mm-hmm. um, we had three assistant coaches on this team um, that came in for the Kites this year. We had um, we had uh, Phil Housley, we had um, Stillman, mm-hmm. and uh, new head coach. I mean, new assistant coach Mario Duomo, who actually came over to the Coyotes from the Ottawa 67s alongside Andre 20. Obviously, he, this wasn't announced until September, but he, he followed him on. Yeah. Something that uh, we've talked about this season, you know, like you expect a new head coach comes in, the existing assistant coaches stay at some level of continuity. But after the first season, like when you really want to start to you know shake things up, bring in your own people. Uh, the Coyotes were about to enter in an interesting year. Like there was potentially going to be a taxi squad. There ended ended up being one for what, like a month, less than a month. But I I think Bear just wanted someone who was like, you know, who he was familiar with to kind of like serve as a jack of all trade. Uh, But I I do think that uh, Stillman and Housley were kind of the main ones. Stillman's going to be around for next year. Housley is not. Yeah, Housie's contract ended at the conclusion of this past season, and they and they decided, yeah, we're not we're not going to renew. Um, and it made sense because, like, and, and as you said it, you know, um, Tornade wants to bring in his people. Um, Phil How- and Housley wasn't. Housley just came in as the as a previous regime, and he was even a head. He was a head coach of the of the Buffalo Sabers for a while before he just like uh, for a couple of years before he came back. He came to. Coyote. So he was like he's been around, right? Um, he just did not fit the Coyote system. Yeah. And uh, Housley ran the defenseman. I, I think he also ran the power play. Uh, one yes. of the kind of few coaches least, who does I, that. He, yeah, he did the power he, play. He did that under Tocket. I, I will say that. Uh, I'm not sure if he continued that practice. Uh, but you're saying yes, so I will go with that. Uh, I, mean, I believe so. I mean, it looked, but the power play looked the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the Coyotes' defense uh, was not good. Like the blue line was one of the more frequent, you know, topics that we discussed. The Coyotes gave up a lot of goals, and I think the defensemen are part of that. Uh, I I don't know how much of that was Housley's fault because, you know, the Coyotes lost two of their you know big defensemen that they thought were going to be like there. 
uh, for injuries, uh, Jacob Chikrin and Connor Timmons. Uh, Timmons, of course, sat out for longer, but I do think he was planned to be a bigger part. Uh, team traded Labushkin, so like he had to deal with a lot of rookies from you know the AHL making that early jump. So I don't want to put all the blame on him, but the Coyotes' blue line hasn't been great for a while, and they don't get a lot of offense from it, which you would think would be like what Housley would bring. Yeah, you would think so, but it just did not, it just didn't translate. Right. You know, it didn't translate under Tocket either. Let's be fair. Like the, the coyotes blue line has not been that lethal in a very long time and they were being paid like they were. So that was definitely an issue. This is fair. And that's why defense is going to be a major thing you know, that they have to address in the off season. That's a whole nother issue, but. Um, uh, what do you think about Stillman? I thought eh, a little bit better. Definitely, definitely still some issues with the forward group. Yeah, the forward group, it was, um, I mean, let's put it this way. It was, they had high peaks, um, but at the same time, their valleys were really low. Yeah. Um, you had period of time and again, like, well, I mean, again, a lot of this was also a defense problem. So also going back to the other, part, the other issue, but what in April, what were they like outscored like 55 to 10 in like the first yeah. couple of weeks of April? Like that was bad. Like they, they couldn't score, uh, both power play and penalty kill were bad. Like some of the worst in the league, um, so that was definitely uh, an area of concern. Uh, I'm not sure I, if Stillman is going to be around for much longer. I'm trying to get his contract details. Uh, he is a, an OHL guy, so... Definitely has some experience with the younger players. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it all kind of depends on what happens in this next year. Um, but it'll be interesting because there's going to be a whole new crop of players. So you could have the, is it the players or is it the, the coaching argument uh, for round two? Yeah, it is. It, there, there, there is a lot to get to that just because it's, it's um, I mean, I think I'm trying to think it, it just was it was just a, a crazy year for coaching, right? I mean, again, like we said, it was hard to really take a look at it since, like, a lot of these guys, like Stillman has been around for since what twenty, right? Yep. Um, Housley's been around since for a little bit longer, right? Uh, Housley was uh, nineteen. 19 there we go um so each of these each of these each of these coaches were hired you know one year after another yeah <laughs> um you know with with Housley being around the longest Stillman and the next one and um and uh, of course Duomo being the most recent who we have no idea how that one's gonna last yeah uh I mean of the of the uh of the three that we've we're talking about for assistant coaches. I think Duomal is going to be around for the longest. Like he came over as that right hand yeah. man. Uh, so unless he completely like whiffs at his job, 
that is kind of like the important test for a head coach. Like, can you fire your number two because they are not performing well? Uh, I, I do sometimes think that that was a weakness for for Tocket. Like the assistant coaches probably should have gone earlier. Uh, I don't know how much of that was like the Coyotes organization being like, hey, we don't want to pay someone when they're not doing anything. So John McClain has to stick around until his contract expires. But they're, they're definitely, you know, sometimes that move needs to be made. Absolutely. Sometimes it does need to be made. And a lot of coaches don't don't make that move, right? Because a lot of coaches are so stuck in – in having their 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 number two alongside them any place they go, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we like there's so much about Bear that we don't know. Like we've only had a season. Like if you're asking me, like when am I going to get like a great vibe for him? It's probably going to be like when the team starts looking good. Like so I can kind of see him with good players. I've only seen him with. You know, a few good lines and then some uh, some washed out vets. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. We still got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Coyotes, though. We're going to get to goaltending coach in just a moment. Plus, also, we're going to give a sign of grade to the Arizona Coyotes coaching staff. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. So now let's take a look at the coaching staff, Carl. Well, there really was one coach. I mean, I mean the uh, goaltending coach um i completely flubbered on that flubbered on that but um <laughs> we're not talking about the goaltending coach uh anyone any any or any video review coaches sorry uh we're not going to be there conditioning coaches no no we're, we're gonna stick with uh the last one uh schwab the goaltending Boy, coach his seventh season yeah, with the, the longest tenured assistant coach and i think with good reason i mean look the Coyotes have consistently been able to put up good goaltend like good like good goaltending performances no matter who's up, right? And like yeah. I don't know like if it's just a te- if it's just you know good scouting from the scouting department on bringing in good goaltenders. Um, I mean, or maybe not. I don't know because like it's interesting because again you look at the way uh uh how awesome of a couple years we had of darcy kemper and auntie ronza despite their injuries yeah um and everything like that but you know ronza was a pretty easy call i think for for being a starting goaltender he's a veteran he's been around for a while yeah and just never had the chance and was with like the rangers behind Lundquist, so it was, yeah. he wasn't going to get that chance anytime soon uh kemper was definitely like a bit of a you know definitely good work he didn't he played okay for la not great with the coyotes when he first came over but he had like a great off season um and i think we saw schwab's influences this year like i think he definitely made wedgwood look a lot better than he did in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the thing with, uh, with, uh, um, with Griff Vimoka, right? Like, yeah. like Vimoka, a really good rookie year. Yeah. Uh, and, and I will say like, I think we talked about this on the Vimoka episode. Some of his like best performances came after, you know, he had to sit a couple games and work it out with the coach. 
Like that was like a very clearly like a, a thing that he needed. Vimelka needed a, a backup to kind of like take over for a couple games, which is understandable. Um, you know, and part of that's like, you need time to rest. You need time to like, you know, potentially recover from like minor aches and pains and injuries, but also you get to work with the coach. You get to like reset your game and Schwab did great stuff with Vimelka. Um, I, I, I am curious to see what he can do. I don't know what the Coyotes are going to do for goaltending next year. Mm, so yeah. until we know that, like, oh, I, I am very much just like, I don't know how Vimelka's going to do. I don't know who's going to be like potentially in net with him. Because they don't, I mean, they don't have a, uh, a, 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 a true other side of the goaltending because, you know, Sateri was just there to kind of fill the, uh, uh, the role of just an extra goaltender while after they got rid of Wedgwood. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, and I do think that maybe they thought that he could do something. Uh, did not have a great season with the coyotes though. I mean, let's also be fair. Like they didn't want to, they didn't want to hold on to, um, to, uh, to Hutton. Cause Hutton, Hutton definitely wasn't reliable. I think, I think Hutton was long gone by that point, wasn't he? He was already no, he was he was not gone yet. Like he was still like I, I he was I think he was traded before then, but he was still in Tucson as part of that agreement. Yeah. Actually I think he was waived from Hutton was might have been waived actually, but um uh, either way, like there there's not really the goaltending there. Um I'm not sure when Prosvitov comes up if he if he ever does. Uh, he will eventually. I just don't think it's going to be next year. Uh, and something that we've kind of talked about, like off mic, um, but there there is some like you know the idea of trading Jacob Chikrin, like potentially one of the return pieces, goaltending, like something the Coyotes could probably use for like the the medium term. Like they signed Vimelka, but they didn't sign him for like a lot of money or term. Right. He's not making starting money. No. I mean, again, he only showed, he, he only, I mean, he played well, but on a one year rookie deal, right? Yeah. Coming from, coming from, from Europe. So it's, um, so now he gets a, a show me deal. Like, hey, show me that you can do the exact same thing or better next, next two years. Yeah. He's got three year deal, uh, averaging two seven two five. So, but regardless, I do. Yeah, what we were getting at, as I agree with you, I think that Schwab did great on on working with those goaltenders and trying to get them to uh, bounce back from bad games or work on you know work on developing their game and stuff like that. And uh, I thought, yeah, I I really thought that he did. uh, He did his he did his job good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Of the of the you know. Of the three coaches that aren't the head coach that we talked about today, uh, I guess kind of four, I, I think he is definitely the one who has like the, the firmest ground moving forward. Uh, very clearly, we saw that he's doing his job pretty good. Absolutely. So now let's get to a uh, assigned letter grade um, for the coaching staff. It's a tough one for me because of the rebuild and the question marks that there still are at the end of the year and how I thought the team was, because again, but I will say I will, 
Hmm. But I will say, like, I, I was glad they did what they did despite the lack of talent, right? I sure. thought the team was going to be was going to finish with like the worst point total in their in franchise history. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. weren't even the worst team in the league. No, they weren't even the worst team in the league. Um, also by surprise. Um, which uh, was an intro, was not was another surprise. I'm going to give the coaching staff C plus. C plus. Okay. Uh, I am right there with you. I'm going to give you, give them the same grade. Uh, I, I don't know how good they did um, because yeah, I, I can't separate like the coaching from the, the, the players on the ice. I think they definitely did, did well. Uh, it's a pass. Uh, absolutely. But I do kind of, you know, want to see more like two years from now uh, when Dylan Gunther is playing, that'll be kind of like a big test. Like what kind of year, just Dylan Gunther have in the next mm-hmm. couple of years? What kind of year does Soderstrom have? Can Barrett Hayton develop into a second a line seat. center? Yeah. <laughs> Can he be a second line center and have to play number one C because it's the Coyotes for a year? Yeah. Like th- th- These are kind of the questions that are really going to determine. But I-, I do think that like putting trust in Clayton Keller is a, is a good indicator for this, for this coaching staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they definitely um, were slightly above average in expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we still need another year or two to really evaluate what this coaching team, what this coaching staff really is, especially because again, like, like Tony uh, still needs to bring in more of his people. Yeah. Yeah. Plus we got to figure out what, uh, what Dumal does. Um <laughs> Because I'm right. pretty sure that will be announced uh, this co- upcoming uh, season. I, th- I think he's going to have a more defined role. Uh, and it'll be kind of interesting to see. It will be interesting indeed. But that's going to be it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe. If you have yet to already, we're available everywhere. You get your podcast, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, on Instagram at LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is Carl Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask them the question you might have. We might answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Ah!